Hey, good morning, church. My name is Brooke Hobbs, and welcome to worship today. Before we get started, go ahead and grab your phone and scan the QR code found on the screen or on the back of your bulletin. We would love to connect with you. You can also stay connected with us throughout the week by following us on social media. You can find us on Instagram or on Facebook. Thanks again for joining us today. Worship is our response to who God is and what God is doing in our lives. And I pray that God meets us in this place this morning. Good morning, everyone. It is such a joy to be with you in this time of worship this morning. Those who are joining with us in person and those joining with us online as well. I'm Kathleen McMurray. I'm one of the pastors here, and it is an honor and a privilege to be here with you this morning as we worship God together. I want to make sure as we get started that all of our kiddos that are here um, have what they need to be able to worship God. And we have uh, kids' packs that are here for those joining with us in person in the lobby. And those of you joining with us online, you can find that those kids' bulletins and material at phumc.com slash kids. Um, we would love for all of those who are worshiping with us from their homes as well as in prison to be able to connect with God in this time of worship today. Today we are continuing in our Acts of Faith worship series, thinking about how we live out our faith in Christ. And today we recognize that God's invitation and God's calling on our lives is for all of us. That there are no limitations to the calling of God for the people of God. No limitations to what God can do in our lives. And so we celebrate that today and celebrate that wherever you are in your faith, whether you are just overjoyed and excited or whether you are struggling a little bit, um, that God is meeting you there and that we welcome all into this time of worship. Let us turn our hearts and minds to the worship of God this day. Let's stand together and sing this morning. Come rest 
Let's continue to sing this morning.
even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop. You are waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. You are waymaker, miracle worker. seated, let us turn to God in prayer this morning. God of compassion, you alone can show us true healing. We pray today for wholeness of body and soul. Our challenges and obstacles differ from person to person, but each of us needs your healing. We pray for those in our own community today who are grieving and hospitalized. For Gloria Cleveland, Carol Kaur, Thurman Couch, Linda Drobina, Gwen Effrey, Verna Jackson, Linda Jones, Norma Knudsen, and Connor Walters. And God, we especially pray for the victims of the recent mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. May your presence be with that community and those families whose lives have been affected by violence. And God, we pray for the things that we are struggling with in our own lives, and we lift them up to you now. God, we offer our burdens and brokenness to you, knowing that you offer us abundant grace, free and unconditional. 
And loving God, you have blessed us time and time again throughout our lives. And we rejoice with Emily McClary and John Davis in their recent marriage. And we give thanks and we rejoice with Brooke Hobbs and Edgardo Sanchez in their recent marriage. And God, we give thanks and we rejoice for our new members, Lad and Jean Gossel, Peggy Brenner and Karen Scott. And we are so grateful for your abiding love and we take time now to recognize the joys in our lives and we lift them up to you. God, let your love enter into our hearts so that we might be renewed and restored. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed it be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are so thankful that in a community of faith, we can find faith with one another. That in times of grief, that those griefs are made lighter with the support of others who are faithful. And in times of joy that we are able to celebrate with others. That is something that we give immense gratitude to God for. And people finding their faith and professing their faith is also something that we are celebrating, particularly today, as this evening at 5 o'clock p.m. in our sanctuary, we're going to have 33 young people who are professing their faith and coming to be a part of our church through confirmation. And so we are so celebratory for that. We are thankful that this is a congregation that welcomes us to discern our faith, welcomes us to wrestle with our faith, and rock, welcomes us to come together in that faith, even in difficult times. And that community and that support and that faithfulness is made possible because of you, because of the gifts of this congregation people are able to discern and to find faith in new and powerful ways all the time. As we enter into this time of offering, we give thanks for that. And we invite you, if you would like, to make a gift to the Ministries of Faith Formation and Transformation of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church, you can place a gift in the baskets as they are passed, or you can follow our electronic ways to give as appear on your screens. As the ushers prepare to receive our offerings, let us turn to God in prayer. God, we give you thanks that in you lives are transformed, that in you, even when faith is difficult, we can find it in this community we have with one another. Take these gifts, receive them that we give today and multiply them so that more may come to know your love, more can come to have faith, and more can come to find their place in your amazing community of grace that is for all people. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray.
Our scripture lesson today comes from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. And so I invite you to remain standing as you are able for the reading of God's holy word. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance, I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it, and I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. Then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill, and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them and he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift that he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they had heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As you are seated, I invite you to turn and greet those around you. So faith to me means um, a belief in God, a belief in things you don't see. Um, in particular for us, our belief in uh, Jesus Christ, uh, that he died for our sins. And, and by accepting that, we have eternal life. Uh, so uh, I think that's the central thing about our faith. Well, and being assured that Christ will never abandon us, that we'll always be a child of God. I grew up in a church, and so I don't ever remember not believing in Jesus. Um, I, it was the story that was always told, and I can't remember a time that I did not feel like I believed in Jesus Christ. Uh, I made a public profession of faith at age 12, um, but to me it was like, but, but that's, I've always believed that, and I've always acknowledged that publicly. But I think Nancy has the better story between the two of us. Uh, when I was four years old, my parents moved into a new house in a new neighborhood in a new city. And there were no children in the neighborhood, so a uh, neighbor on the cul-de-sac who had grown children invited me to go to her little Methodist church. 
So I crawled in the car and off we went. And we got there in the most loving, wonderful kindergarten coordinator took us in, took me in, wrapped me up in her arms and uh, taught me Jesus loves me. And it was the most wonderful experience and lasted my entire um, years that I lived in, in that city. And Lee and I were married in that church and 45 years ago. So it's, it's very dear to my heart how she made me feel. And I see that now <clears throat> wanting to make others who come to church feel the same way. <laughs> well, I think our faith for me is, our, is my compass. You know, how do I get direction? Uh, what do I want my life to look like? And so um, my faith provides, provides that. Um, the extension, I love the church, um, you know, love God, love neighbor, and change the world. And that, that truly, when Lee and I were looking for a, a church home, that truly led us to Pulaski Heights. We are so incredibly thankful for all of those faith stories that we are receiving during this Acts of Faith worship series. Thankful for the archers who are with us. We've got a few more weeks of these stories and we're so grateful for their testimony. And now let us turn to God in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Last year, one of the books that I had the wonderful uh, opportunity to read was a book called All Things Reconsidered by author Knox McCoy. In the book, Knox McCoy outlines many different areas of his life that over the years he has reconsidered, rethought. He talks about words that he has had to realize that he had been pronouncing wrong or incorrectly his entire life. And as a 40-year-old only began to notice this when he started a podcast and people would tell him that he pronounced words incorrectly. He talks about reconsidering the fact that naps are only for children. How ridiculous is that? We are made for naps, and naps are a good and great gift. Jesus took naps, after all, each and two. He also talks about reconsidering things like whether LeBron James or Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all times. And in his reconsideration, he also talks about reconsidering different items and thoughts of faith. We grow up, many of us, like Lee in the video, with faith as a part of our life. We hear stories about God and about Christ. Or if we don't grow up with faith in the church, we grow up with some kind of knowledge about how the world works. But no matter our faith background, there becomes a time in our life where we begin to question, where we begin to think and where we might begin to reconsider. And I would argue that that reconsideration is an incredible gift from God. Because so many times our beliefs are really difficult to reconsider because they, they're, 
They're deep. They're personal. They're powerful for our lives. They make a difference in how we live and the core of our being. And yet, sometimes if we hold on too tightly to a particular doctrine or a particular assertion about how God works or who God is, if we hold on too tightly to that, rather than holding it in open hands, we can miss what God might be trying to give us in life and in faith anew. In our scripture lesson for today, we encounter one of the first apostles, Peter. Peter has been busy so far in this testimony of the acts of the apostles, preaching and teaching and healing, spreading the gospel message, spreading the news of the resurrected Christ and the power of that resurrection and the power that it has in our life all throughout the, East, the Middle Eastern world at the time. But thus far, he has been spreading the news to the Jewish people, to those who were part of Jesus' own faith background. But in the chapter preceding this one, we encounter a Gentile, a man who is a Roman centurion. He is part of the, the Roman army, and, and his name is Cornelius. And Cornelius, scripture tells us, is a God-fearing man as well. He was a generous man. He lived a good life, and he sought to live into those proclamations of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus or a person of the way, as it was called early on. Even though Cornelius was a Gentile and was not yet part of this community of faith that was being formed, God was working in him and working through him. And so God came to Peter in a dream. God came to Peter in a dream, and in that dream, Peter saw four corners of a sheet being lowered down from heaven. Now, when we think of four corners, for many of those who were first listening to this testimony from Peter, those four corners of the sheet would have been akin in their minds to four corners of the world. When people talked about four corners, it, it was those, the, the corners of the world, the, the farthest reaching uh, limits of earth. And so the four corners of these sheets come down and that sheet is filled with four-legged creatures, with creatures that according to the Levitical laws, according to the purity laws of Peter's faith, he was not supposed to eat. Now, these laws were created for a number of reasons. Certainly, purity was one of them. But they were also created for cleanliness, for health, for safety. They were created for the goodness of people. But over, the, over time, that changed and so here in this moment, God is sending down this vision in a dream to Peter and he sees those animals on the sheet and he hears God's invitation to eat of these animals, to partake of this feast that he has given. And, and Peter says, no, Lord, no, that, that's not right. I'm not supposed to eat of those animals. I know what the law says. I, I am a good follower of your word. But God says, 
you do not make unclean what I have called pure already. In other words, who are you? <laughs> who are you to question what I am giving to you? Who, who are you to, to question what I have opened up and what I have claimed as good? But Peter then acquiesces. He receives that word. And then as he wakes up, he is encountered by men who come to take him to Cornelius' house, to the house of this Gentile, where he goes and he eats and he partakes in a meal and he stays. And it is good. But then other persons who know the laws get, get word of what has been going on, get word of the fact that, that Peter is, is eating with these other people that he is staying with these other people, that he's eating what he is not supposed to eat. And they question him about it, and he tells them of this story. He tells them of this vision that he had from God. If God gave them the same gift that he is giving us, Peter says, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Even the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Who am I to stand in God's way? When we read this story, it might be easy for us as Christians, for us who are receiving this word as Christians many years later, to think that this is about the Jewish law, right? That we can look at this scripture and say, well, this is about taking, doing away with the limitations of the Jewish purity laws. And over time, this scripture and many others have been interpreted this way, right? That, that the Jewish people got it wrong and that we are setting it aright as Christians. But that has led to so many harmful and hurtful and genocidal acts across the centuries. That thinking that they have gotten it wrong. In fact, I think that that thinking goes completely against what this scripture is inviting us to consider. Because I believe that what this scripture is inviting us to consider is that any time that we find ourselves using words like us and them or those people, that we are ourselves limiting what God's gifts might be doing in others. That any time that we think that we have it figured out, that we are limiting what God can do, and we may need to have some reconsideration. When I was in high school, I was part of the Parkview High School mime troupe here in Little Rock. Um, Parkview Arts and Science Magnet has amazing arts programs, and I was part of the mime troupe. So that's the fun fact that I always share um, at those get-to-know-you gatherings, that I was a mime um, in high school. 
And as a mime, we performed many sketches and skits that we came up with. One of the most familiar ones that was often performed was the box, right? I'm sure that many of you have seen um, folks creating a box. Now, I, I won't um, go through and do that now. I'll spare you um, and myself uh, that embarrassment. However, I want you to imagine if you have those mimes or those persons that do create boxes around themselves that box themselves in. This was a sketch that we would often do, creating a box around ourselves and then knocking on it and trying to get others outside of the box to open a door or to tear down the walls of the box and let us out. I often imagine when I read scriptures like this that sometimes we put God inside a box. We put God inside a box. And, and this dream that God gives to Peter and words that God sends to people throughout scripture and throughout our times now, God is knocking on that box. God is shouting from the inside of that box, trying to get us to break down those imaginary walls that we have put up and to see the wide expansion and the never-ending grace of God for the fullness that it is. Because the grace of God, my friends, as we read in this passage, is a gift that is given for all. That God's invitation is for all of us to know Christ, to know the power of Christ to change our lives, to, to know the love of Christ, which gives us hope, to know the healing power of Christ that we find not only in physical healing, but in healing of our spirits and our souls when we are going through unforeseeable and insurmountable challenges and sufferings and struggles. God's gift is for all of us, no matter who we are or what we've done or what has been done to us, to be part of God's work as people of the way. That gift is for all. And while today we celebrate that at five o'clock this evening, our confirmands are claiming that gift of God's grace for themselves as they profess their faith to the church, that gift and that invitation is for each and every one of us. No matter what our faith background is, no matter if like Lee, we grew up in the church and belief in Jesus was just something that we always did, or like Nancy, we discovered that because someone shared Jesus loves me with us, or whether we have been hurt and burned by the church and we have lost our faith, the invitation is for us too to discover it again, because the invitation of God's grace is for all, for all to receive and to be transformed by. So friends, today, I want you to think about what, 
reconsiderations God might be calling you to. What boxes you may put, sometimes even unconsciously, around the capacity of God to work in you, to work in other people, to work in the world, and to open yourself up for what the Spirit of God is doing in your life, in the life of those around you, in the life of our church, and in the life of our world. Where is God's grace coming down from heaven in the four corners and speaking a new and open and inviting truth to all of us? That God, through Jesus Christ, is transforming our world, is calling those who have been shunned and those who have been doubted and those who have been pushed aside to community calling all of us to community, calling all of us to service, calling all of us to faith that we are to act out and live into because we are part of a bigger story, a story bigger than we can imagine and a story whose life transformation is for each and every one of us and for all of the world. Let us receive what God has for us today and let us share what God has with us today so that more and more people can know that Jesus loves me, that more and more people can know that they are part of this invitation of God for all. Thanks be to God. Friends, at the end of every worship service, we invite those who wish to unite with our church to be a part of what we are doing to try and share the love of Christ with all, and as Nancy said, to love God, to love neighbor, and to change the world. We seek to do that. We don't always get it right as a church, but that is what we are seeking to do. And so during this last song, if you would like to make a formal commitment to be a part of our church as we seek to do this, um, I will be up here in the front and you are invited to come forward. And then after our song, I will uh, give you the vows of membership and we will welcome you into this family of faith where we seek to love God together. Let us join in singing our closing song. Let's stand together.
friends, today we welcome Mindy, who is joining us as an official part of our congregation. Uh, her family is with us as well, so I want to make sure y'all get to greet them all um, as you exit today. But Mindy, I'm going to ask you the vows of membership, and then we will welcome her as a congregation. So Mindy, um, will you, do you profess your faith in Jesus Christ, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him in the union of the church, which he is open to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say, I will. I will. And will you be faithful to this congregation of the United Methodist Church, Pulaski Heights? Do all in your power to strengthen its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say, I will. I will. Friends, let us join our voices together in recognizing and welcoming Mindy as we affirm our faith together as well. We rejoice to recognize you as a member of Christ's Holy Church, and we welcome you to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. With you, we renew our vows to uphold it with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. As we have professed our faith, let us go forth to live our faith, to receive God's grace and share it with all we meet. So that those who do not know it and who need it will find in God and in you a generous and precious friend. So receive this benediction. Go in peace. Have a great week. And tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church.